This is On Call with Dr. Dave. And today on call, we have Rachel. And Rachel is a doula. And so, Rachel, I don't know if everybody in the audience knows who a doula is and what they do. So why don't you just introduce yourself and what you do? Okay. So a doula is someone who really is uh, a coach of some sort for certain aspects of birth. So a lot of labor doulas will help you through your labor and will help you to go through, kind of center your mind. Usually it's for a natural birth. I've been a doula in the hospital for people who have had um, epidurals and things like that. It really is more of an advocate situation at that point. And so it it really varies. There's, there's doulas that do postpartum, that do after you've had your baby, that help you with nursing and help you with healing and things like that. So there's really a, a plethora of different types of doulas, but talked with my um, midwife and she needed an assistant and she liked that I had a medical background so that I could do, I could draw all of her labs and I already had my CPR certification and things like that. So it was really nice to be able to kind of slip into that. Although I had never been in the field of um, midwifery before or even OBGYN. I've had my babies, so I kind of felt like I had a like a little bit of an upper hand on that one. But so we we kind of got into um, that together and we've really just been kind of a, the dream team. We like to call ourselves the dream team. So, <laughs> but it, it is, it is really a good time, but it is a lot of field work, field work by, you know, we're not in a hospital. We don't have, we carry all of our equipment with us. So we're going into these homes that some are wonderful, beautiful homes and some are not. And so, and some have a lot of animals and some don't. So we get a lot of difference and you don't really know what you're walking into um we don't it's not like the show call the midwives where we do like little home visits to make sure that their home is like appropriate for a birth but we feel like that because they live there they're kind of in their own germs and we can set up a nice sterile area <laughs> and and go from there it, it really is pretty awesome so going to people's houses, you indicated animals or other situations. So it sounds like you find yourself in situations that are occasionally less than ideal or not that you would you would maybe want that for somebody for their home birth. But like you said, it's their home. They've set it up. What's kind of the craziest mm -hmm. situation where you walked in and you thought, I don't know that this is the greatest place to be having a baby. And yet you were called to do a job and that's where you were. Yeah. I mean, most of them are really try to be clean, but you have to understand too, that when we walk in, we're not staying for 20 minutes. We're staying for hours and hours and hours. Sometimes we're sleeping there. And so there's times where your, your area to sleep is their couch. And when you lay down on their couch and it smells like urine, you're a little bit afraid of what, who's urine it was. So it, it is really hard. So we, you know, you learn really quickly to bring your own pillow and your own blanket and, and things like that, because you just don't know where you're, where you're gonna, what you're gonna see or what you're gonna get. Mm -hmm. 
it's a lot. And there's a lot of times where, you know, their little kids are present. It really is a beautiful thing for the kids to see. But sometimes it's not, you know. <laughs> so, so, I mean, sometimes it's not. So, anyway, we did have one. And she, um, she was, I think this was her fifth baby. And she was supposed to deliver at the, the um, birth center. So we get this call that she's in labor and both me and the midwife go to the birth center. And then we get another call that says she's basically in really hard active labor and she doesn't know if she's going to make it to the birth center. So we jump in the car and we're going to meet her and we're thinking, we're going to deliver this on the side of the highway. So we um, start throwing things. I mean, literally we're running from the birth center. She's grabbing her bag. We really have a bag made for this. Like I've got the bag, we've got oxygen, we've got everything that we need that is mobile. And so we grab this, we're throwing it in, in the midwife's car and I'm just throwing Chuck's pads because I don't know what you are know, Chuck's a pads? Lot of, tell me. So Chuck's pads are like, how do you explain it, Dave? It's like, just it's, like a... It's, it's an unrolled diaper, basically. It's absorbent exactly. material. Like okay. just, It's not folded up like a diaper. Plastic. It's meant to be laid down and it absorbs okay. anything, yeah. blood, anything and everything. Okay. fluids, anything. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just throwing as many as we can of those because I don't know what we're going to protect. I don't know if we're going in the back of her car. I actually don't know what car she's driving or if there's room in the car or if there's room in my car. Like I'm just, you know, we're kind of, this is all going through my head thinking, okay, what, how are we going to do this? So we get on the road and she is going, she's, we can tell she's pushing at this point. So we're like, okay, how close are you? We're getting closer to like actually meeting up and there's a a gas station kind of off to the side where there's like a significant amount of room between the gas station, like in the parking lot. So we're like, well, I guess maybe we could do it here. So we pull off and we tell them, get off of this exit and go to this gas station. And she, so she says, okay, it's her mom who's driving her. Her husband is behind her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, with all the kids in the car all the kids okay yeah mm -hmm. and so then we pull into this gas station and I'm like I say to the midwife I said is this a fire station like it's this new fire station where did this come from so we're like oh my gosh this is perfect a fire station like this is awesome so we pull in there and I'm like go up to the door and like knock on the door. And of course they're probably like, okay, seriously, someone's being psychotic, you know, like banging on the door of the fire station. And so I can see lights on and, and I go to the window and I'm peeking through and I'm like smiling, like, Hey, hey, can you guys come out here for a second? You know, I'm like waving them out, come out, come out. And they come out. And I said, Hey, just so you're aware we may be delivering a baby in your parking lot. I just want you to be aware that that's what's going on. And they were like, do you need help? Do you need help? I said, no, I have a licensed midwife here with me. She knows what to do. We're, you know, 
it, we may just be out here. So just so you know. And they said, well, why don't you come in the bay, like the ambulance bay? Perfect. Awesome. This gets us out of the weather, you know, and hey, do you happen to have a stretcher? Because this would be really convenient if you do. And they're like, absolutely. We have a stretcher. Great. So this mom pulls in and she's fully like pushing. Okay. So we get her on the stretcher. We, you know, pull her legs up, whatever. And the fire station, they're like so happy that we're doing this. They're like, this is the best night of our lives. Like, this is so good, you know? And so we're like, you know, you're welcome, you know? And then the husband comes in and he brings all the kids in the fire station and there he's got a little girl that has cerebral palsy in a wheelchair and brings her in and she just keeps yelling the whole time while her mom is pushing what is going on in here what is going on it was just like so great and then they have this little tiny boy he's probably four or five and his favorite show is paw patrol so he's in heaven okay his favorite paw patrol is marshall so he's in heaven. He is in the fire station and the fire station guys, the firemen are so sweet. They're taking him on a tour of the fire truck and everything while his mom is screaming, pushing her baby out. Okay. And so we're, we're there and we get the head out and the shoulders get stuck. She has full blown shoulder dystocia, which is I'm pushing on the fundus, which is the top of the belly and pushing, pushing, pushing. And it's not making a difference. So I grabbed one of the guys and I said, I need you to push with me on this for fundal pressure. And so we're pushing, pushing. I start to do subpubic pressure, which is right above the pubic bone to try to get that shoulder to just kind of pop underneath that pubic bone. And sure enough, that baby comes right out after a little while. Well, with shoulder dystocia, a lot of the times we see that you do have to resuscitate the baby. They've been in distress because they've been kind of in there, squozing for quite a while. And um, we get this baby out and this baby is massive. She like has a toddler, basically, that she pushed out of her body. I'm not even joking. Like this baby was so big. And it was so nice to have the, the EMS crew there because I could yell out what I needed and they had it. It was like, we had all of it. Like I just said, like, I need, I need oxygen. I needed that two liters and they had it. Like I, they had baby, you know, they had, it was so convenient. I was like, I need to do this every time in a fire station because it was so convenient to be able to be like, Hey, I need this. Do you have this? You know, I, it, it was just awesome. And so this baby just comes around, you know, she needed a little bit of rubbing down and and we did give her some blow by which is oxygen and she did fantastic and this mom was like in awe like it was like you know when you go into shock and then you come out of it and you're like what happened you know and that's kind of like this mom's holding this 50 pound baby and she's just like am I really in a fire station right now like did I really have my baby in a fire station right now and we're like, yeah, go home and tell everyone. Like, this is the best story, you know? So she's looking so good. And we weigh her. And she is full on 10 pounds. 10 pounds. Massive baby. I mean, really, it was so it was so good. 
And so then we get in the car. We're like, she's great. She's just going to go home. She doesn't even need to go to the birth center. You know, she's going home. Her bleeding's great. All right. See you later. I was like that. Like, well, see you later. You know, like, I just kind of like, yes. So she gets in and I get in the car with my, the midwife and I was like, I'm going to have to process this one, you know, like I'm going to have to really go through it. And she's like, looks at me and she's like, that was so fun. And I'm like, you could call it that. Like, it was just crazy. It was crazy. Turns out like the news finds out about it. They, ugh, it was just this crazy. It was crazy, but it was so fun. It really was. It turned out really good. It was really such a crazy story, but I don't know. It just it was a good, good time because everything worked out really well. So I hope, I hope they got lots of photos. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. We got lots <laughs> of photos, and that baby seriously is so was so chunky. Like I was like, holy, <laughs> ten pound baby in a fire station, girl. You cannot match that. She got a trophy <laughs> for that. <probably. laughs> I know she did. Me. She had a ten pound baby. That was her trophy. <laughs> <laughs> could say this is crazy she's oh my gosh she's a trooper too but literally i was like on the side of the road okay we can do this so it just was it actually worked out really perfectly that i was out of fire station so yeah much better than the gas station you thought you were going to literally like i was like okay and you know you're looking around and you're like okay could i set up on the ground could i set up in the back of the car like how how convenient is that? Like, where will the, where will we actually sit to take care of, like to de- actually deliver the baby, you know, like, so it just worked out perfectly. Anyway. Where's the weirdest place that you've ever, I mean, besides the fire station, but the weirdest place that you've ever delivered a baby, helped deliver a baby. I think the fire station tops it. There's just so many great places to have a baby. <laughs> I know most people are like, yeah, in the hospital. That's a great place <laughs> to have a baby. But most people are, I mean, there's a lot of people that want to have a baby at home. And I think a lot of the, a lot of people just need support. And we're just happy to to help them have the birth that they want. It's it's far from the medical experience that that you're like with the hospitals and things like that, that most people look at. And so it, it's hard to, for us to try to bridge that gap because we do need hospitals at a certain time for our moms. Some moms get so exhausted. That's usually the reason why we transport is some moms just get so exhausted and some moms really know how to fight contractions and they just need an epidural <laughs> to just let them, you know, relax and let their body do what it needs to do. And, and how prepared are the mothers for the possibility of transport? Is that a conversation you have with them early on that we want to do it according to your plan? We'll do everything we can to support your birth plan. But if we need to, we're going to transfer or go to a hospital. How much do they think is just kind of one of those things that could never happen? Or are they prepared that it can happen? And it, it's just part of their plan if it needs to be? You know, Though I think a lot of mothers come in knowing that that can happen. We do talk about it a lot in prenatal visits and, and especially towards the end of their pregnancy, you know, we're always like, there's a, there's a possibility. And I think they know that there's a possibility, 
but we do everything. We really like them to come to that decision on their own. Yeah. Like, like you said, it's, it's about patient autonomy. Everybody gets to make their own choices and Mm -hmm. we need to respect that. And I know there's, there's different opinions on home births versus births in the hospital and the nice thing is you can have your opinion. That's that's great. Everybody's entitled mm-hmm. to their opinion. And when it's you and your baby, you get to choose for yourself. And yeah. it's nice that there's people that are there for them like you are and you're trained and your midwife's trained to help with that delivery and to give them the experience they want. But also, like you said, you are ready and willing to take them to the hospital if that's what they need. And it's mm-hmm. just all about, it's really about the patient's and the baby's safety. And if they can have the baby at home, which can be a very safe, great option, then awesome. They can do that. And it's great that you're also willing to just say, you know what, it's time to move forward. It's time to change situations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I think that women do understand that birth doesn't always go as planned. And, and we try to, to help them to understand that, like, here, you can have this beautiful birth plan. I mean, even like the one that I did today, she wanted to have a water birth. And then her body was like, get me out of here. Like she just wanted to get out of the tub and have, and she goes, I just wanted a water birth. And I was like, I know, but you got out of the tub and then you had your baby, you know, like, it was just like, so it didn't go as you thought it, you know, and I think we see that a lot, like a lot of moms are like, I want to be in this certain position when I give birth. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll see about, you know, like, we'll see how that goes, you know, and then they're like, I can't believe it just, I was just on my back and it, and I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it just come, you know, like, it's just like, yeah. And I think, you know, you just kind of get into a good rhythm and then you have a baby. So, <laughs> I mean, it's so it's just as easy as that, you know, you every just time. get into a good rhythm and have a baby every time. <laughs> we like to think that. Yeah. That's We've, how I think. Uh, and then I have another baby. And then it's like, what was I thinking? Yeah. You know, we talked to a couple of, um, couple of people that have been in situations where they've, delivered a baby. They're like, just, Hey, this is get used to it. Like the kid does not, is not on your schedule. You are on its schedule. So Mm -hmm. it's like, well, Mm -hmm. it's just, this is just the beginning of many. You have a a birth plan and the baby has its own birth plan. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And it rarely matches up. Yeah. (laughs) And that's how raising children is. I mean, let's be honest. You have a plan of how it's going to go and they have their own plan. And then it's a fight of whose plan gets to be. <laughs> it's so it, it's so fun. The whole parental, yeah, yeah it's just like the best. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But I was going to tell you this one story. It has nothing to do with a the, with a doula. It was when I was working ENT, and I have to tell this because this is like the one story that I always tell. Can I tell this? Even though we love, love, we love these. we love okay. the one story you have. To okay, tell. Yes. my favorite story. Okay, <laughs> okay. So this woman, I was working ENT, um, ear, nose, and throat, and we had this woman come call in at the very last second, and she's like, there's something scratchy in my throat, and I, I just, I need you guys to look at it, and, and the doctor I worked for was like, okay, sure, come in, you know, 
So I'm checking her in and I'm going, you know, what's, what's going on? She's like, I had these two fish tacos from this restaurant in town and they just seemed really hard, like crunchy. And so I don't know if I was just in a hurry, but I just like swallowed really quick and then went on my way. And ever since then I've had like, it feels like, you know, when you get like a chip in your throat, like a potato chip or something, and you just are like, oh, I probably should have chewed my food a little better. It's like that. And then I was like, okay. So I'm telling the doctor and the doctor's like, we're going to scope her. So they put a scope up through her nose and down into her esophagus, right? And so we're looking at it and I'm looking at the screen because it's projected onto the screen so that we can see what's going on. So I'm looking at the screen and I see this little circle, like metal circle thing. And I'm like, what is that? What is going on? And then I see like a little bit more of it and there's more like metal. And I'm going, oh my gosh, what is that? So they undo the scope and then the doctor comes over and we're looking through it, you know, through the video footage. And we're, so then we start calling in the other doctors, right? Like, come in here and look at this. (laughs) There's something in this woman's throat. It turned out it was a safety pin. And she had the safety pin lodged in her throat. And she said that, she goes, it was, she had mentioned before that when she turned her head one way, she felt a pop. And I think that's when the safety pin opened. Oh. So she had an open safety pin and it was large in her throat for days. Whoa. And so, yeah, it was a full on safety pin. It didn't cause any damage to like any, anything in there, <laughs> but we had to, they had to take her to surgery that night and get it out. I mean, yeah, because it's just this open, sharp object in her throat, but it was crazy. And I was like, what was that restaurant again? <laughs> go there and order the fish tacos because they put safety pins in it. And I yeah. think that's I'm trying safe. to imagine and think why a fish or a taco restaurant would even have a safety pin in safety the kitchen pin. or how it would even get close to a taco. Right. Where it came from. Like Maybe I, the fish ate a safety pin. I'm not sure. What's like, if you tell me right now, where's a safety pin in your house? Like, I'd have to look, let alone in, like, in a commercial <laughs> kitchen, you know? <laughs> That was yeah. Oh, that's so yeah, weird. Yeah, the and was my she... house are not in the kitchen, so that's weird. Exactly. Was she eating and drinking the the couple days that she had something in there? In there, or did she? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, she was just like it feels like there's like something in there, like it's like I, and we're like, well, maybe it's like a like a, an abrasion or something. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, how annoyed! I don't know. <laughs> how annoyed would I be if I had to tell people? I had to go to surgery to get a safety pin removed from my esophagus from a fish taco. Like that was the story <laughs> right. I had to tell and like recovery, the whole yes. surgery is a to do, right. you know, anyway. Yeah. Your friends are coming to visit you. Like what kind of card do you bring to that? <laughs> like get well card, maybe chew your food better card. Yeah. I don't know. You know, like I'm like, holy cow. Did you swallow that thing whole? Because, like, you'd you think to this yeah. safety pin, totally, because the safety pin wow. is, like, big. Yeah. And she's just like, you yeah, better it was real down. crunchy. <laughs> yeah, it was real wow. crunchy, and I just swallowed it. And I'm like, well, you swallowed a safety pin. Probably would have been beneficial to just, like, 
Yeah. Take that out when you. Well, I thought it was going to be fish bones stuck Me in too. the esophagus. You know, fish taco, a little crunchy. I'm thinking yeah. oh, this is definitely going. And then you said there's metal in the back of the throat. I was thinking the wrapper wrapped around something or it's the wrapper around fish bones. Nope. Safety pin. It's too predictable. It's too predictable. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have been doing this long enough. I mean, really, you should have guessed. It was a foreign object. You should have known. It was a safety pin. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You hear about like horrible things, like I don't know, fingernails or something in there in your yeah. food. But safety pins, like there's a first for everything. There's a first. Like, I was like, do I go and like pick it? This place, like, don't eat here. They yeah. put safety pins in the fish taco. Yeah. Well, I'm no, surprised that there wasn't. That. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a lawsuit involved in that one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just maybe there was, and I just didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, I have one more. Okay, so, but this one's for you, Dave, because you, this happened to my son, and it has to do with the eyes, okay? So my my son comes in, and I'm, like, meeting with some women, and he comes in, and he's like, Mom, we have this old basketball in our garage. Can I pump it up? Like, and I said, yeah. Sure. I mean, what's going to happen? What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Well, so yeah. So he blows up this thing and I'm looking at this old basketball and it's like basically like kind of like coming apart at the seams. So I'm thinking what's going to happen is he's going to pump up this basketball and it's just going to go like just kind of open and just Mm -hmm. be this anticlimactic thing. Like, and so I'm like, sure, dude him and his friend right we're gonna video it okay dude so my son he's like 13 so i'm like okay whatever so i hear him in there like pumping up this basketball while i'm talking to these friends of mine and he like comes in with this basketball and he it's like huge and he's like dink dink you know mom look what we did and i'm like get that out of my house like that thing's gonna blow up in my house get it out of my house so he goes outside and I can hear him like on the way out I want to I want to throw it no you throw I want to throw it no I'm gonna throw it like they're they're arguing back and forth and so I'm like oh geez I need to watch this so I look out the window but I can't see him because he's like out of my out of my vision and I hear this like so loud I actually got a text message from the neighbor. Like, did you hear that bomb go off? What was that? Like, it was so loud. And I am like, oh my gosh, that was crazy. And he comes over and he's holding his eye. And he's like, oh, my eye, my eye. And I'm like, oh no. So I go out there and I'm like, hey, buddy, what happened? And he's like, mom, it blew up in my eye. And I'm like, what? And he's like, and his eyes are open looking at me. He can't see. Like his eye, his vision's gone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, come in here. You know, let's look at it. His whole face is just like, just like scratch. Like it looks like a bomb went off on his face. And he, I'm like, okay, how did it, he goes, I think it was just the air. I don't think anything actually hit me. And I'm looking at his face and I can see like the, the little dots of the basketball. I'm pretty sure he got hit with the basketball part, but like I could see mm-hmm. the whole thing. And so, you know, we take him in and he's, as I'm driving him to our eye doctor, 
he's like, I, I'm starting to see a little bit of light. And I was like, don't go towards the light, buddy. It's going to be okay. Stick with me. He did not think that was funny. I thought it was hilarious. I was like, I mean, your mom's right on. And he's just like, you know, we go through this. He, he does get his vision back. His, his pupil's humongous, you know, and we dilated his pupil to make, make it rest or whatever, you know, what they would do more than I would. But anyway, he has full vision or whatever, but it was crazy. I should really send you the video because it, and that's what he did. He videoed the whole thing. And then through this, he's sitting on my couch, like holding this, not being able to see anything out of his eye. And he turns to his friend, he goes, did you get that on video? You got that on video, right? And I'm like, are you mental? Like, what is happening? Like, Oh my gosh, this kid, my 13 year old, I really will be surprised if he makes it until he's 18, but we're, we're hopeful. We're yeah. hopeful. And the, the most important thing is, did you get that? Yep. The video footage, that's, yeah. that's the key. <laughs> so sounds like yeah. he had a traumatic hyphema, which is what took away his vision initially. And then as the blood settles, he's able to see again. And then they yeah. probably put him on modified bed rest with like dilating drops. So the blood would yep. bleed again. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that completely wreck eyeballs before. So even just the bleed itself, even if nothing else happens, the eye, if it bleeds, it can be pretty, pretty traumatic. So it's he's, yeah. still, he's, he's still lucky. pretty, he's still pretty lucky that he came through even that. Okay. Yeah. And so the doctor said that he could be at risk for cataracts in the future. Like when he's like, is that true? Yeah. Just a, enough force hitting the eye to cause a bleed can also eventually cause cataracts at an early age. So it may never mm-hmm. happen or it may happen in his 20s or 30s or just probably earlier in that eye. Sometimes we'll have people come in and they're 50 and they have like a pretty advanced cataract in one eye and then the other one looks fine. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever get hit in the eye as a kid? <laughs> Who punched you in one? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. I had a bunch of brothers. I think I got punched a lot. <laughs> well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your stories. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you and your time. Yeah. Thank you, guys. It was fun to see you again. Fun to see you, too. Hi, this is Dr. Dave. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please rate, review, and share this episode so we can continue to get you more stories in the future.